This is Susanna McMonagall, and you're listening to Season 2 of the 5 to 8 Shift Podcast for Parents. The 5 to 8 Shift Podcasting community exists to educate, inspire, and encourage parents throughout their own parenthood and family life adventure. Here, we talk about all the things impacting parents today, everything from health to big emotions, toddlers to teenagers, faith, self-care, stress, and so much more. We know parenting is tough work, but family life is worth every ounce of effort. We're building a community of parents to remind you that you're not alone. Family is one of life's greatest adventures. I look forward to cheering you on in your own five to eight shift. It's the most important shift of the day. Welcome to another episode of the 5 to 8 Shift. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever this podcast finds you. But no matter what, I'm thrilled that you're here. I am so happy that you are investing in your family and in your relationships. And I am excited about today's episode. So I have a solo episode lined up for you guys. This is going to be our last episode in the calendar year 2021 not the last episode of the season don't you worry I have so many good interviews lined up I'm actually going to be doing a ton of the interviews in January and then bringing them out on the sevens and I'm really excited because I have such a good variety right now but I was thinking a lot about how I wanted to sort of end the calendar year 2021 and so I was thinking about going one direction and I got an idea this week that I'm hoping resonates with a lot of you. And so for the McMonagle household, 2021 was, um, you know what, I'm just, it was a tough year. It was really tough. Um, In particular, COVID in the spring made some of our scheduling work, childcare challenges very, very real. I mean, you know, like a preschool couldn't take my daughter in the afternoons and I have a full-time job. And so I, you know, I had a fantastic neighbor who would pick her up and just like the number of things I had to coordinate. Um, Going back to school work in January was my first time with three kids. Kyler hasn't been a great sleeper, although he has turned a massive corner this fall and I am jumping up and down and I love one-year-olds and give me all the one-year-olds and he's rolling into 16 months and is totally amazingly awesome right now. And I've said this before, but one and a half to two and a half is one of my all-time favorite ages and he's so cute and so for the third time we're doing that and it's so fun and so today super exciting topic uh hopefully doesn't feel too dismal but something that's kind of you know touched over here and when i was doing some research on topics and things that moms are looking for advice for trying to learn more about or really trying to cope Um, I think coping is a great word for it. Today, we're going to talk about burnout. Pretty exciting, right? Nice, uplifting uh, topic for the end of the year. But hey, I think when we have skills to deal with the things that are happening in our life and we have a plan, that is like the first step to getting over the hurdle. And so this topic came out of two things. So number one, I did some research on what mothers are saying their lives are like. And not just in general, but like there's so many things happening in our world. Number one, of course, being the pandemic. Um, And I'm going to read a lot of stats to you guys. So I'm taking a lot of this information from this fantastic report I found by a company called Motherly. So Motherly does a lot of work around um, advocating for moms, working moms, stay-at-home moms, getting a pulse on things that mothers are grappling with. And so they put together this 2021 state of motherhood survey. So it came out a couple months ago. 
But, you know, it, it hit home for me. A lot of the things that they said, I was like, yep, I totally agree with that. Yep, I totally agree with that. Yep, I totally agree with that. And so I was reading some of the things there. That's one piece. The other piece is I just did this lecture with my class. It's actually an organizational communication class, but um, you guys know that I'm a professor. I teach in a communication studies department. And so um, I'm often working on, you know, communication in the workplace, uh, media communication in my day job, even though I talk about all kinds of things here on the podcast. But I did a section on emotion in the workplace. And as you guys know, mental health is really a, um, it's such an important topic no matter your age, but I am really seeing a lot of young people talk about it and deal with it and grapple with it and truthfully struggle with it in a way that, you know, just didn't exist 15, 20 years ago. And of course, I want to blame a lot of that on social media, but it's not that easy. You can't just blame it on one thing. So in that that lecture that I did, we talked a lot about burnout and burnout in the workplace and burnout in college and all of these things. So I'm hearing moms talk about burnout. And then I am actually doing like some of the more theoretical pieces of burnout. And I think it's such a great way to think about ending the year because I think when we have definitions to the things happening in our life, then we can make a plan and make a solution to move forward. And so as I think about sort of wrapping 2021 up, and I'm ready. And so I'm thinking about, well, how can I handle some of these things differently? How can I make some changes that are going to impact my time, my schedule, my family, and my work positively? And I am hoping and thinking that some of you might be doing the same thing. Okay, so in today's episode, which is coping with burnout, I'm calling it the motherhood edition, I want to start by reading some of these staggering statistics. I mean, honestly, I'm not surprised, but they are staggering. Uh, and the first one is the number one thing that the, the one of the biggest key findings from this survey, which was thousands of, of moms, said um, the amount of burnout is higher than it's ever been. So mothers are burned out. Said 93% of mothers reported feeling burned out. And this said this is up seven points from last year. So even in 2020, right, when the pandemic was coming down and it was crazy, it's almost like that was a bit novel back then and there was less to do and now it's 2021 and it's still lingering and we're still working and we're still doing all of these things and everything's more complicated. It said mothers are feeling burned out more frequently, 43% up from 35% and 16% of women reported that they feel burned out all the time, which is up from 6%, which is a massive drop, uh, which is a massive jump. There's a couple of reasons for this. So number one, they're saying that they don't have the support from a partner at home. So they're doing the majority of the childcare, the majority of the household work. And this goes for mothers who work both inside and outside of the home. It said moms are tired. Figuratively and literally, 89% of mothers report getting less than eight hours of sleep every single night. And um, this says because they're staying up late or waking up early to keep up with their household, to answer emails at the crack of dawn, or it's because they're getting up in the middle of the night of their kids. And, you know, the report goes on to say it doesn't matter. We're tired. And when you're tired, it's one of, I'm going to talk um, a little bit more here about like stressors and burnout and physical ties into the mental piece of it and so when you are not feeling well when you're not feeling healthy it's a big part of burnout um 
talks about more mothers are turning to alcohol and CBD to help cope with the stress of parenting, burnout, and the pandemic. Since the pandemic started, 10% of mothers began or increased their use of CBD, and that figure doubles when we when we account for alcohol. It says one in five moms reported beginning or increasing their use of alcohol as a means to cope. And I'm going to come back to this one. It also says, why are we so burnt out? Because we don't have nearly enough time for ourselves. And so if you are listening to this episode number 41, make sure you go back and listen to 40 where I had a licensed marriage and family therapist on talk about self-care for families and she does a fabulous job. So go listen to that one because this study says um, nearly two-thirds of moms report that the we're not getting enough time for ourselves. We're not prioritizing self-care and we're not being able to pour into our families and our work and our community because we don't have a full cup. One of the other things that it talks about in this report is that society is failing mothers and it talks about at large we feel unsupported in some of the issues that we bring up and some of our problems you know they get relegated to women's issues I'm giving air quotes which means historically they don't get as much attention as other issues and other policies that happen. It said 92% of mothers feel society doesn't do a good job of understanding or supporting motherhood. This is a sentiment that has grown in strength every year we've conducted this study from 74% to 85% to 89% in 2020 to 92% in 2021. Why don't we feel supported? It says 68% of mothers need more emotional support, encouragement, and empathy. So 67% of mothers need more caregiving support. Um, They need help watching and raising their children. And there's, of course, a lot of mom guilt around this where if you hire too many babysitters or if your babysitter is around too much after school or if you have help in these areas of your home then you know you're not the perfect Instagram mom that does it all and how dare you have a housekeeper and part-time help and all of these other things and ask your neighbor for help and but but what women were saying we're drowning we need help we're burned out but it's hard to, to to do that if we are putting the pressure on ourselves to do it all. So one of the things I thought was really interesting, and there, there's two pieces here, and one of it is um, there was a conversation happening on LinkedIn that I saw where people were talking about you can't do it all. You cannot have the perfect home and the perfect meals and have a job and care for your kids and run all the errands and be a good neighbor and you know yada, yada, yada. And so this woman was talking about, she's from Nigeria, and she was talking about how in Nigeria, a lot of her friends back home have a lot of help. And so when they have a lot of help, it allows the mother to be, you know, more emotionally present and all of these things. But basically, I was reading that and reflecting on that conversation happening on LinkedIn. And then I'm reading this motherly report, and it says, it takes a village, period. Mothers don't have one. Most mothers, up to 70%, report having family nearby. Only 8% of millennial mothers report living in a multi-generation household, okay? But it says more than half of mothers, almost 60%, lack a non-family village they can call on for support. 
and that's a jump of 15 points from last year's 41%. Given that the COVID-19 pandemic changed the way we interact with just about everyone, this significant jump makes sense, but it's still really disheartening. So of course, during the pandemic, we're not maybe meeting neighbors or popping into school and meeting other school parents. But when you don't have family close by that you can count on for some of these things, you are really um, dependent on that non-family village. And what this report is saying and these conversations I'm reading on LinkedIn, which is mostly mothers who work out of the home, is that this is detrimental. And of course, this compounds the things on the shoulders that the the mother load um the mental mother load that I'm going to have somebody to talk on the podcast in the coming weeks because that's really important and so um you know and motherly does a good job breaking down by different types of mothers so it says non-family support actually declined the most for white mothers down 16 percent uh, Latina mothers down 15 points and it actually went down the least for black mothers it only went down seven points but the point is for all the mothers who took this survey it went down this 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 idea of counting on a non-family village uh, is no longer an option for a lot of people and so it's been a very powerful dynamic that has added to the burnout of moms across the United States. Okay, so obviously I've painted somewhat of a dismal picture of motherhood in 2021. But you know what? I really I really don't want to tie this up with a ribbon because it's our lives and these are important issues and there are a lot of families out there who are really, I would say, in distress, or to use um, Kristen Papa back from her, the way she defined families who need self-care in the um, surviving phase. We are nowhere close to thriving. We're surviving or we're maintaining, but we we are not living in a way that we had hoped because of a, a, a couple different reasons, which is a great segue. So in my class, when I led this lecture on emotion in the workplace, we talked about stressors, burnout, and outcomes, okay? So stressors lead to burnout. And when you are burned out, there are typically a range of negative outcomes. So when we think about stressors, these are environmental factors that are difficult for somebody to deal with. So when we think about your role as a parent, this can be Anything from, you know, balancing schedules, you know, I mean, you guys could name probably a hundred stressor, figuring out dinner every day, um, what activities do you put your kids in, how do you get your kids to work on, you know, get your kids to school on time and get yourself to work on time. At what point do you draw a hard line in the sand and say, I'm not answering emails after 630, but then you continue to get important emails and you're taking time away from your family. It can be, um, you know, having, you know, an identity crisis about, you know, you're becoming a mom and you're totally different and you're doing different things and you have this this range of loss about how life used to be or, you know, kids come with a variety of challenges and maybe you not, might not feel equipped to meet them. Um, I could go on and on, okay? You guys can probably think of your top five stressors, you know, and they're they're not necessarily like kids, relationships, work. I mean, sometimes it's just like every Thursday you have three kids who have three different practices or like you're really trying to make healthier choices for your family and it's super difficult because you're always on the run. And so what happens is we have these stressors and these stressors 
lead to burnout, okay? So sometimes, you know, I use the example in my class, I have short-term stressors at work because usually the end of the semester is really stressful for me. Students finally care about their grade and they're emailing me. There's a ton of grading to do. I'm trying to wrap everything up, yada, yada, yada. That is usually not a stressor that leads to burnout because it's finite, right? It's three weeks of my life and it's over and I get a break and I move on to the next semester. But some of these are going to be stressors that if not handled appropriately, and I'm going to give you some great ways to cope that I talk to my students about too, if they're not handled appropriately, they lead to burnout. This leads to emotional exhaustion. This can lead to depersonalization. You stop caring about things that you used to care about. Maybe you're like a real creative person and you used to make great gifts because that's your talent and you like no longer care and you're not invested and some of these other things and what happens is you also have like a decreased sense of self when you are burned out so you don't think you're doing a good enough job you don't think you're meeting any of your goals you view yourself as a failure and so all these stressors build up and then they turn to being burned out you know and this motherly Report said 93% of parents of moms feel burned out, some to all of the time. And what happens is burnout that's not dealt with leads to physical and mental challenges. So it can lead, it can literally lead to a heart attack. It can lead to weight gain. It can lead to um, lower satisfaction as a parent, lower satisfaction at work. It can lead to less commitment to things that you really enjoy doing because this sense of burnout really, it's, it's, burnout is a strain that results from all of these ongoing stressors, right? And then the outcome is a physiological, attitudinal, and, you know, in my class, I was talking about organizational results of burnout, okay? And so in an organization, this is like when people start to flake and they are on the fringe and then they end up quitting, right? But in a family, this can look like not caring about things that you used to care about, not being as committed to something that you were once committed and really kind of um, giving you an inaccurate sense of worth because you feel like a failure, then you act like a failure. And it can be um, really problematic. Moms are burned out. How can we deal with this? All right. I don't have all of the answers. Um, I definitely don't have um, all of the answers. But there's some pretty good coping strategies I wanted to share with you today to kind of wrap it up here. When we think about looking into 2022 and thinking about, you know, I, I, I think big, massive New Year's resolutions typically don't pan out um maybe I'll just speak for myself um but what does the pan out for me when I'm like you know I'm going to you know do these two small things I'm going to try to do them every week and what happens is you get returns on your dividends so you say you're going to do these two things it takes two hours a week and you do it week in and week out and you begin to see the fruits of that labor and you know isn't that how most things work there really isn't these grand gestures that end up having the impact in the long term it's the consistency to healthier goals finding balance getting up early um you know spending more one-on-one time with each of your children, whatever it is. But I am on a mission to reduce some of the stress that apparently 93% of us are experiencing because when we're stressed, that leads to burnout. And when we're burned out, we cannot bring our best selves to the table. It's just physically and emotionally and mentally 
not possible. Okay, so ways to cope if you're feeling burned out as a mom. There's three and I have... um, an extra one's add to the end of the list here. So it's problem-centered coping, appraisal-centered coping, and emotion-centered coping. So let me um, get out of the classroom here and give you some real-life examples of this. So when we talk about problem-centered coping, that is a way of looking at our stressors, our source of burnout, and looking dead-on at the problem and saying, how can I make this A go away? Or B for most of us is for most of us is make it make it better, right? So let's say you're a mom who's got a kid got kids in a lot of different activities, and this is a source of stress because A, you don't have family time together. You're you know, you have time with your kids or a kid, but you're in the car, you're running around, you don't have family time together. B, it's become stressful because you have multiple kids that need to get into multiple places. So problem-centered coping means you go straight for the problem. So you ask yourself, A, do my kids need to be in all of these activities? Straight up, you know, I've um, talked to parents where they have, you know, two older kids and then they have a younger kid and they're like, well, we had to put the younger kid in something because, you know, they see their, their older brothers doing it. And I say, oh, well, you know, did little Sadie ask to be in whatever? No. Okay, well, you're doing, you know, three nights a week for a five-year-old. Do you think you you maybe, you know, I don't know. Do you need to put yourself under that kind of stress? No, probably not. Okay, so maybe you could ask yourself those kinds of questions. If you're like, yes, my kids want to do all these activities and I want them to. And it has all these great, you know, ripple effects. Okay. Is there a buddy? Is there a neighbor who can take your oldest one every Thursday? Like clockwork, you don't have to text. You don't have to um, scramble. You know, is there a way that you can make this easier? Is your kid maybe on a team that's 45 minutes away? Could they maybe be on a team that's maybe almost as good that's maybe 10 minutes away, right? And so this is just an example. When we think about coping from a problem-centered perspective, Instead of getting stressed out about all the details, we actually go straight to the problem. My kids have a lot of activities and I can't do it all. Okay, do they need to be in these activities? Who can we ask to help? Straight on to the problem. Okay, second one is appraisal-centered coping. And so I've used this a lot in my own life in different seasons. But appraisal is instead of, um, appraisal-centered coping is changing the way you think about a stressful situation. And so for, you know, let's say I'm having, you know, challenges with my kids. My kids are out of control. Crazy, right? They're making messes all the time and throwing, what were we throwing this morning? Um, French toast and Cheerios around the kitchen, right? And so instead of saying, you know, oh my gosh, these kids, they're making messes all the time. And when I, my house is too messy or cluttered, it really provides a lot of stress. I try to flip it on its head and I say, you know what, we tried to grow our family for years without success, you know, and so I am so thankful for these Cheerios that I keep stepping on and I keep crunching under my feet, even though I've swept one million times, they just come out of the woodworks. I am so grateful for 157 shoes at the front door that I trip on in the middle of the night when I'm trying to get something or when I'm going to bed. I am so grateful that I'm pulling binkies out from under the couch and Hot Wheels cars and Legos because this is what I I always prayed for. And this mess, it's just fine. And so I can probably imagine that there's others of you 
who have reoccurring stressors with your with your kids or your jobs, but that mind shift, that appraisal-centered coping is a great way to think about, hey, just changing, just changing your mindset, right? Um, grateful that you have laundry to fold. Grateful that you have these adorable kids to cart around. Grateful that you have a husband or a spouse and you can pick up their laundry off the floor even though you've asked them a million times and the oh look it's back again towels on the ground again ah so grateful for that and so we know mind shift can be really powerful the third one depending upon what you're coping with this year is emotion-centered coping. And so this is the um, notion where we deal with the negative effects of burnout. So some of you are just going to be in stressful seasons, right? Some of you might just have a high-stress job that you really like and you worked really hard for and you're super qualified for. Or maybe you have, um, you know, um, I, I, I've had some friends who run big events. So like, you know, let's let's take the, the Broad Street Run in Philadelphia. It's this huge run. It's every May and it's 10 miles and hundreds of, I don't know if it's hundreds of thousands, thousands of people do it. If that was something that you were in charge of, right, you would know every April and May is probably going to be super stressful and there's not much you can do about it. And so emotion-centered So when we think about some of the negative effects of burnout, right? So emotional exhaustion, physical exhaustion, depersonalization. This is when you say, okay, I know that I'm going to have to work 60 hours a week for these six weeks. I want to get a walk-in. I want to get a walk-in every day. You know, April and May is usually a great time to walk in Pennsylvania and in most states, actually. And I'm going to make time for this, you know, hell or high water because this is what I need. I need to get away from my laptop. I need to leave my phone in the office and I need to do that. Um, I've had people who, you know, treat themselves to a manicure every other Friday afternoon because they need something that can emotionally release them from the tensions of the day. Maybe you are scheduling a massage once a month or something like that. Maybe you are getting a date night on your calendar. Uh, Maybe if it's, you know, maybe you have a child with special needs and it's something that really consumes a lot of your time. You can think about ways that you might be able to get some help for your child for a couple hours, maybe once a month or something like that. So you can do something with your girlfriends and you can get some time to really um, deal with some of those negative outcomes. Because when we're burned out, we can't bring our best selves. And so maybe you can't, you know, maybe you can't deal with the problem. This is just a part of your job and it's going to be that way every April and May. Maybe your mind shift is great and you're just like, I love this job and I know it's crappy, but like maybe you're tired. Maybe you think need to think about like healthier eating habits, thinking about ways you can bring your physical health up higher so that you can show up well for your kids and show up well for your family and really trying to combat some of those negative um, effects of burnout. So depending upon where and how you're feeling burned out, These are three different ways that you can cope and it's up to you which one makes the most sense and which one works for you. And the last one, you know, um, I would offer is a Christ-centered coping uh, strategy. And so my mother-in-law and my sister-in-law, you know, I never really heard this, but they say offer it up, right? So you're having a bad day, offer it up, right? Uh, You know, something happened, offer it up. And this is their way of saying, hey, there's going to be things in life that you are not going to be able to figure out. 
You are not going to understand why that thing happened to you or why you got passed over for that promotion or why your child who you've been connecting with so well is finally or, you know, is is falling off the rails for some reason, right? Why your kids are hanging out with um, poor influences at school. And, and so they have always said, offer it up right? And, you know, it's this idea of Psalm 55, 22, cast all your burdens on me, you know? And if you um, think about it this way, it really takes some of the onus off you to be able to solve all your problems. And if you're old enough, you already know you're not going to be able to solve all your problems, even with some of these great coping strategies. And so I wanted to leave you with that today, especially as we are coming up on the Christmas season, and I hope um, you and your families are having a wonderful time celebrating the holidays, and I hope you're taking an opportunity to talk to your kids about uh, the real reason for the season and, you know, the Bible story and Jesus coming to earth and so much goodness. So I hope that if 2021 has been a year where you are feeling the burnout as a parent, I hope that after listening today, you um, have some tools to be able to make some changes or to double down on things that are really working for your family. And that 2022 can be an awesome year of renewal and coping well, not coping dysfunctionally, but coping well and setting up some of these strategies for your family. So motherhood, fatherhood, uh, parenthood is hard work, but you guys know that I believe it is worth every ounce of effort and I am here to encourage you to provide empathy for those of you who have had a tougher road than you expected. And I am praying for you guys. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you end the year strong. And I look forward to spending more time with you on the airwaves in 2022. Y'all have a great day. Thanks for listening in today. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to rate and review us wherever you're listening to this podcast. Be sure to share with us on Instagram what you liked most about the episode by tagging me at Susanna.McMonagle. And lastly, if you want more information about the 5 to 8 shift, you can check out our website, the5to8shift.com. We'll see you guys next time.